This episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast is brought to you by Shiny Side Up. Yep, Shiny Side Up is back to physical events for 2023. With eight talk series events in Invercargill, Queenstown, Nelson, Napier, Gisborne, Whanganui, Rotorua and Auckland and two bike fest events in Kapiti and Whangarei, this year is gonna be awesome. If you haven't been before, you have no idea what you're missing out on. With stunt riders, show and shine, New Zealand police displays and a whole lot more, it's a celebration of all things motorcycling. All events will have presentations from the likes of Kevin Williams, Dave Moss, Dr Chris Hurran and Chaotic Blonde, plus a whole lot more. To find out more about Shiny Side Up, go to shinysideup.co.nz, motonz.com or check out the latest edition of Kiwi Rider magazine at kiwirider.co.nz. We'll see you there. Right, on with the podcast. And welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name's Ray Huron. Great to have you along. If this is the first Kiwi Rider Podcast you have listened to, welcome. Welcome to 2023 and our brand new season. Uh, we'd love for you to stick around and enjoy the back catalogue. All the episodes we released right back to uh, 2018 are still available on the feed. Uh, so hit that subscribe button and uh, leave a comment. Let us know what you like and what you don't like as well. You can email us at podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. You can get in touch with me through my website, uh, motonz.com, and Matthew Day Gillett's onthrottle.co.nz. Also, Kiwi Rider magazine is still alive and kicking as a full digital magazine, absolutely free for you to read and download. You can check that out at kiwirider.co.nz. Time now to bring you a story from Kiwi Writer magazine written by editor Ben Wilkins that appeared in November 2022, Volume 1. The Suzuki GSX R1100 Oil-cooled GSX R1100s had a reputation for being the bad boys of the 80s and 90s. There was a reason for that. They were. The 80s and 90s was a boom time for motorcycle development. Manufacturers played around with every component in an attempt to find the next big leap in performance. Wheel sizes, engine configuration, frame material and shape, literally everything was given a go, swapped and tried. 18 inch wheels gave way to 17 inch. Air cooling gave way to liquid a format was starting to take shape. Suzuki was at the forefront of this crazy speed development. Just one year after shocking the world with the GSX R750 Hypersport in 1985, Suzuki lifted the covers on its burly big brother, the GSX R1100. For a couple of years, the 18-inch GSX R1100 slab side was the bad boy bike to have. Yamaha wasn't taking this lying down, however, and hit back in 1987 with the FZR1000 Genesis and 1989 EXUP, forcing Suzuki to completely revamp the GSXR for 1989. The slingshot had 17-inch wheels, a new frame, more power, and completely new geometry. 
but unfortunately, the GSX-R1100K was a brute ahead of its time, which I'll come to later. Wayward and needing serious suspension fettling, the K was a handful. So much so that the 1990 model had a longer swing arm, state-of-the-art upside-down forks and a wider rear wheel and rubber in an attempt to get it under control. That's the model we have here, a 1990 GSX-R1100L. The model that's the most sought after of the slingshot GSX-R models. And it's the one that's not all that different from today in geometry numbers. This bike belongs to Jeff Stowe, a friend of ours from Rotorua. He saw it while browsing Trade Me, looking for a classic bike to add to his stable of Italian machines. We went out for a ride on a sunny day, taking in the twisties to the south of Rotorua. Taking it easy through the first set of corners, I can't help but think this is a man's bike. It's got serious mass, and there's that reputation for them getting a bit unwieldy through the fast bumpy corners. So I'm expecting bad behaviour, but it doesn't come. It all seems so just normal. The pace picks up as I gain confidence in the 1990 Hairy Chested 1100, but I can't help wondering if this is where it bites. The bike is rolling on freshly scrubbed in Pirellis, and the rear shock is a shiny gold Olens. I'd already heard that the slingshot models were different beasts when fitted with modern tyres. The 1989K wore the first set of radial tyres, Michelin's A59X and M59X combo. Relaxing into the ride, I start to notice the engine. The air oil-cooled 5-speed lump is grunty. It's a little vibey compared to modern engines and feels very raw. There's a slight grumble through the bars at 100 km per hour, around 4,400 RPM. Just around here is when the engine really starts to pick up, picking up again at 6,500 RPM, surging the bike forwards through to 11,500 RPM redline. There's a claimed 143 horsepower in that 32-year-old 1,127cc lump. That's still seriously quick. There's not the same sense of urgency that comes with a modern short-stroke 1,000cc sports motor, nor the searing top end, but the way the engine makes its power works well with the 5-speed gearbox. There's plenty of torque everywhere, all the time. This is a bulldozer of a motor, surging towards the horizon with a sense of inevitability. With all this go from the motor, I'm now a little worried about the brakes, but they're great, excellent in fact. Considering they're now 32 years old, these Tokiko calipers do a grand job. The rear in particular. As I mentioned earlier, the geometry numbers are familiar, the wheelbase and head angles are almost the same as modern sports bikes. Suzuki was clearly ahead of the tyre and suspension technology of the time. With these modern Pirellis and the Olin's rear shock, it's an absolute gem. Unlike modern sports bikes, the riding position is less ergonomically friendly. 
The pegs are super high, forcing very bent legs, and the bars, despite being on top of the yokes, are hard on my wrists. You forget how much ergos have changed in 30 years. Somebody with short legs and long arms would fit on this perfectly. That said, the screen gives a decent amount of protection too. Old school sports bikes make reasonable sport tours. I love the cockpit view on this bike. It's classic Suzuki. There's no TFT or digital anything. Just two dials that are simple but effective and evocative. The speedo reads up to 300 kilometers per hour or 186 miles in old money. Incidentally, the same as the self-imposed manufacturer's gentleman's agreement speed limit of the late 90s. We stop at a country pub for some lunch, admiring the bike over a burger. I can't help but love the bike's burly stance, with the same understated black and grey colour scheme. Kiwis like a black bike, and on this it's not hard to see why. A bike club pulls in and a few of them make a beeline for the old girl. It's clearly not their kind of machine, but they certainly appreciate it, asking Jeff all about his newly bought classic. So why did Jeff buy a 1990 sports bike? I'd always wanted a classic 90s sports bike, he says. I'd also been looking for an FZR 1000 EXUP, but I've always liked the look of the GSXR. I remember being in my 20s and not being able to afford one, so there was definitely a lot of nostalgia involved in the purchase, but they're becoming collectible too, and prices are well on the rise. He goes on to say that this one was on Trade Me, and it had been on my watch list for a while. I decided to put a bid on in the last five minutes before it closed, and despite over 200 watches, mine was the only bid. At this point, I had to go and explain to the Minister of Finance what had happened. When I picked it up, it was only running on three cylinders. I think because it had been sat for a few years and had stale fuel. I replaced the spark plugs, put some fresh fuel in, and away she went. I didn't even have to strip and clean the carbs. It sealed it onto all four, and is now running beautifully. Next, I stripped and detailed it all. I didn't want to restore it, because it's only original once. That's something you can never get back. There's some age-related patina in the paint, but I think it all adds to the feel of the bike. I see it as something of a survivor of the 90s. I did change the exhausts though. I've still got the originals, but heavy and really quiet. These ones are Delkeviak, which cost about $600 landed from the UK, and they turned up within a week. Can't really complain about that. They're great and sound much better than the standard exhausts, save a heap of weight, and work well. The price was right too. Back at Jeff's place, we sit chatting while the big oil-cooled motor quietly pings and tinkles while it cools down. I ask him what are his future plans for the 90s beefcake. He says, I'm pretty happy with it. I love just riding it. In fact, I probably ride this more than my other bikes now. It's just so much fun, and there's lots of character. It's got an old-school toughness about it. There's a rawness, and that's very cool and engaging. A real connection to the carburetors. So what tips would Jeff give someone who wanted to buy one? He says to go for the most original one you can. No matter which bike you buy, really good or needing a bit of work, they're easy to work on. 
and don't be tempted to turn it into something it's not. Keep those big wobbly indicators, etc. That's part of the charm and what they are. They were, cho they were chopped about enough in the 90s as it was. Maybe go for the exposed headlight models. They're the ones which speak the most to me. I've really enjoyed my ride on the 1990 GSX-R. I've long had a nostalgic soft spot for this model, so it's been something of a bucketless ride. It's a bold brute from the 90s that's probably the pick of the GSX-R1100 line. They say not to meet your heroes, but despite the reputation, it's actually made me consider one even more. I think I'll be putting a saved search on Trade Me, you know, to see what pops up. Just don't bid against me, okay? This has been Ben Wilkins' story on the Suzuki GSX-R1100 from the 80s and 90s. For full colour photos and a whole lot more, including the timeline of the GSX-R, head to kiwirider.co.nz and check out November 2022, Volume 2. There's also a link in the description of this podcast. That about wraps up the show. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to leave a comment. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't. I uh, love your feedback. You can email me on podcast at kiwirider.co.nz as well. My website, motonz.com. We're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, under Moto New Zealand, under T7 Adventures, under Kiwi Rider Podcast. And check out the latest Kiwi Rider magazine, absolutely free for you to read and download as well, at kiwirider.co.nz. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name's Ray here, and thank you so much for listening. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. This episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast was brought to you by Shiny Side Up. Yep, Shiny Side Up is back to physical events for 2023 with eight talk series events in Invercargill, Queenstown, Nelson, Napier, Gisborne, Whanganui, Rotorua and Auckland and two bike fest events in Kapiti and Whangarei. This year is gonna be awesome. If you haven't been before, you have no idea what you're missing out on. With stunt riders, show and shine, New Zealand police displays and a whole lot more, it's a celebration of all things motorcycling. All events will have presentations from the likes of Kevin Williams, Dave Moss, Dr. Chris Hurran, and Chaotic Blonde, plus a whole lot more. To find out more about Shiny Side Up, go to shinysideup.co.nz, motonz.com, or check out the latest edition of Kiwi Rider magazine at kiwirider.co.nz. And we'll see you there. Thanks for listening.